Hello and welcome to the On The Knob pod in association with datagold.com. I'm your host, Will Rooney, and today I'm joined by regular tipster, Henry Gibbs. Even Henry. Hello, Will. You okay? I'm all right, thanks to you. Yeah, not bad, sir. Good stuff. And we also have a new member of the panel for listeners to indulge in. It is our good mate, Josh Brazy. Josh, over to hit the ground running today. Yeah, good evening all. It's, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, Andy's brought the, the big heavyweights in, so... I'm glad to have uh, been in the corner for them. Well, let's hope you have some uh, killer blows for us and knockout blows with the tips. Um, first of all, Josh, just let uh, listeners get to know you a little bit. We asked Henry and Ant when he was on, we asked a couple of our guests who their favourite horse, past or present, is who is yours, if you've got one, to put you on this. A bit of an outsider to this one, but I'm going to go with the uh, ever-lovable Hello Buzz. <laughs> the beach is chased at the ripe old age of 14. Indeed. For Willie Twist and Davis, who, who was a, a whippersnapper, wasn't he? I think. Well, it was it was Sam, wasn't it? The uh, oh, it the fourteen, it shivers down my spine. That watching that race again. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, I think it won its first beaches at the age of twelve, but it just used to jump the ancient fences for fun, um, and I, I just fell in love with it. To be honest with you, for some bizarre reason, um, and since then, yeah, that, that got uh, really got me blood going. To be honest. I like that when people don't give the Corso Star or Dem and or Spinter Sacra. I like horses like that that have a little bit of a sentimental value. So, yeah. well done that one. We'll start with looking at the three-day November meeting at Cheltenham that happens last week. And for me and a lot of people, the race going into it of the of the meeting was the Slayer Chase. Deffy Desoy put the kettle on and Rouge Vip, who obviously didn't run it, pulled the race apart a little bit. And then obviously Deffy Desoy didn't turn up and was pulled up with, what was it, two fences to go and put the kettle on when, when I won it. Henry, I know that you're a big fan of Defy Desoy. What, first of all, what's gone wrong with Philip Hobbs' charge? And B, it's 20 to 1 for the champion chase at the minute. Is that value still, even though in its past two runs at Cheltenham, it just hasn't performed? Yeah, it's a tricky one, to be fair, isn't it? Because it's it's two bad runs on the trot now where it's, it's being beaten, really turning into the straight and it was so promising last season, winning all grade ones, won the Tingle Creekwell, for example. And it is worrying the fact that it you can excuse one bad run, but whether you can excuse another, it has to be a concern for me. I'd like to see it have a little bit of a break and then maybe step it up and trip two and a half miles and see how it gets on there. Um, but 20 to 1 for the champion chase. There's no real standout at the moment, is there? Um, Chacan Poissoir will be interesting, obviously, if it stays fit. But uh, the winner of that race on Sunday put the kettle on it. I don't think that's good enough to win a champion chase. So if, if Philip Hobbs can somehow get Deffy back to the ability it has shown previously, then, yeah, um, 20 to 1 could appeal to some people. But unfortunately, I, I'd, I'd want to see a bit of improvement first. Josh, put the kettle on 8 to 1 at the minute for the the champion chase won the Arkle last season. Three, three, uh, three wins at Cheltenham already. It's got course form. What do you reckon about that for an early shout already? Yeah, I, do you know what I was looking at it today, and I, I was looking at the um, at the betting. Um, it, it's I think it, it's good value to be honest. Like Henry's just said, looking at that race now, I don't think it's going to be Europe so far. Um, obviously, just the form of Jackie at the moment means fourth last year in the championship out of five pulls up on a three. Something quite a miss. Um, it won off, put the kettle on, 10 stone, 10 at the weekend. Um, it won the off of a similar weight as well. 
So uh, Jargon Seneca's champion chase, I believe he gets his mayor's allowance as well. Yeah. So that, that could be a massive factor, to be honest. And I think that gets seven pounds knocked off. So I, I do think it's interesting, to be honest. I think it's next race is going to be key where he sends it next. Um, it, I mean, if it wins in style, that, that, that it's next race, maybe over the Christmas time. It could get half, couldn't it, if not more than price. So I wonder if it'll go the Mayor's Chase, though, because yeah. there's an option. It might go the Mayor's Chase, the new race at Cheltenham, isn't there? I mean, if it continues yeah. to win these open grade ones, then, well, I know that was a grade two on Sunday, but if it does step up and, like, wins over Christmas, it has to go Champion Chase. But I think if it gets beat, I wouldn't be surprised if connections go for the Mayor's Chase instead, because it'll be an easier yeah, option than everyone wants a Cheltenham winner, don't they? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Another disappointing performance over the meeting, of course, that a lot of people talked about was Tiger Roll in the cross country. Henry Tiger Roll, it was it was beaten at the festival by Easy Slands, obviously Easy Slands didn't turn off himself on Friday. But Tiger Roll, it's in a similar similar boat to maybe Death to Soil. It's obviously a little bit older, and there's a lot of talk about will it even make the Grand National out? What, what what do you think about Tiger Roll? Do you think that that's enough one that just needs a break now and see how he stands when it comes to the spring? Yeah, I think um, Gordon Elliott's come out and said, hasn't he? He's, it's basically got time off now and it, his next run may well be in the cross-country at Cheltenham. Um, like you said, it is getting on a bit now, Tiger Roll. I think it's 10, isn't it? And <laughs> it feels like it's been around for years because it obviously won the Triumph Hurdle and eventually it was going to hit the wall, wasn't it? I, I hope not, but... Um, you, you wouldn't want to back it, would you, for, for either the cross-country or the Grand National at the moment? Because Elliot was saying that it was working well he, he, over the winter, over the summer, sorry. It, it seemed to be better than ever, he was saying. And obviously it had the flat run, which you can't read too much into, but ran no race there. And then you'd have thought that was a brought it on for the cross-country race on, on Friday. But it had its good grounds and it, it just didn't seem to travel with his, his usual enthusiasm from the get-go. Um, Robbie Powell was nudging away after the first couple of fences and the right was sort of on the wall. So um, definitely done the right thing, giving it a break. Might should go hunting or something. I think they done that last time and that got it back to its best. So maybe a bit of hunting for, for Tiger all over the next few months and then hopefully bounce back in March before going to the Grand National. Good stuff, Emmy. We'll look a little bit more about the uh, the three-day meeting. Josh, normally ask for a couple of eye-catches, really, that, that you got in your tracker or in your notebook for the future. Is there anything that you can give listeners that might be a little bit of a value going down the line? To be honest, there's not much to me. That stood out. Um, I, I think Cool Cozy in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, it was, it was a bit of a weird... His run wasn't it to be honest, but it ran them all to the gra- into the grounds. Um, so it was quite interesting. It went from the front, didn't it, and just galloped them all into submission. So it's a bit of an interesting one for me. I think that stood out maybe maybe for that reason. It just galloped from the front, but um, it was just interesting to see some of the other jockeys giving it that much leeway as well. So I think it was quite a good performance to be honest. But um, th- there was for me, I think that was it. Really, there was nothing over anything else really that did stand out. As you just spoke to Henry, then I, I think a lot of eyes were on Tiger Roll, weren't they? Um, mm. As he just said, then it- it's an interesting one. Um, Robbie Power just said didn't get into any rhythm at all. Um, it's it- it's a strange one. The handicappers not relenting. So I- as Henry just alluded to, it's going to be interesting what happens next with that. To be honest, 
Yeah, it was interesting them comments, weren't it? Because I think the handicapper come out and said, well, you can't judge it on what was clearly one bad run. It's not like it's been beaten, it's finished third, been beaten 12 lengths or something. It's, it, it is a bit harsh on, on connections, isn't it? But you can understand where the handicapper's coming from by the same token. Yeah, absolutely. Henry, what about for you? Any other eye catches? I mean, the big breakaway was very impressive on, on his chase debut, wasn't he, for the Contis Hard Yard? Yeah, definitely. He's probably one or two for me. The big breakaway uh, jumped like a stag, really, didn't he? He's impressive from the first fence. And one thing I, that I would make note of in regards to the big breakaway is a lot of Collins' hard horses have been improving for the for the first run of the season. So for that to look so impressive first time out, um, you'd expect it to improve again next time. And I, I think it's going to run in the Cato star and obviously chase on. On Boxing Day, so um, that'll be an exciting, exciting race to watch. Hopefully, we see a similar performance. The other one that caught me eye was another Colin Tizard horse, Eldorado Allen, that ran in the two mile novice chase on the Saturday. Um, Gumball was leading two out and fell, but probably not many people think this, but I think Eldorado Allen had it covered. Um, he's a strong stayer at the trip and another one jumped well and although Gumball fell, which was the main danger, it was still 20 lengths clear of the rest and I think that will continue to improve. Colin Tizard said it's the best two-miler, two-mile chaser he's ever had, so mm. um, that could be a lively player for the Arkle. Good stuff, gents. Well, enough of looking back. Let's move forward to this weekend and the action continues thick and fast. Uh, racing from Ascot and Haydock. Where should we start first? We'll start at Haydock, shall we? The Merseyside circuit that's uh, not too far away from us. The 150 on ITV racing is the better racing only, better handicap hurdle over two miles, three furlong, 17 runners in the field. Henry, I'm going to come to you first on this because Kid Commandos in the field, um, you tipped him up last time at Ascot and he was your eye catcher of that weekend. So will you be sticking by him? Yeah, well, most definitely. I think he's five to one at the moment. He might even be a bit bigger because I've only got William Hill up at the moment. But yeah, I think that's more than fair. Like like I said last time, um, he's a horse I really like. As you said, put him up on as a horse to follow throughout the season. And I did suggest it, that I think the race at Ascot was over two miles, and I did say that I think it would even appreciate a step up and trip might bring out more improvements and. Looks like connections may agree because it's over two miles, three furlongs on Saturday. Mm. And I just think that he's he's better than a handicapped class horse. And although he's got a lot of weight, he's, he won't man the ground. He's won twice on soft ground. So um, hopefully he can back that performance up at Ascot with another victory before maybe stepping up out of handicap company. Yeah, it looks like five to one is the best price about uh, Josh, what do you think about the race? Think Kid Commando can rack up another victory, or do you be looking to take him on? Do you know what? I, I was looking at a couple of horses, and a couple of horses got a bit of form going into it. But I just think at the level Kid Commando's ran at, it, it stands out for me. To be honest, a couple of the other horses have won like a couple of class threes, maybe a couple of class fours. But as Hemi said, it, it's a bit of a standout to be honest, um, especially on this last couple of runs. Um, so for me, yeah, I'm in absolute agreement with Hemi for this one, to be honest. Good stuff. Let's Kid hope. Commando. Two votes for Kid Commando. Let's hope that he gets listeners off to a good start. The next is the 225 Grade 3 
Betfair Exchange Stayers Handicap Hurdle. Over three miles, 19 runners, another difficult one to pick the winner. An interesting one for me, Josh is the jam man for yeah. Ronan McNally, who has made a few headlines, hasn't he? He's partial to a, a gamble or two in Ireland, isn't he, will you? Uh... The infamous jam man, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> what a horse. Every time that pops up in the race, it raises eyebrows, doesn't it, around the world. What do you reckon? Do you think that he's not coming over here for a jolly, is he? You know what I mean? No, I mean, as we all know, Haydock, this time of year, it's, you don't get the weather, unfortunately. So he isn't coming over there looking for the day out. Um, it, it's interesting because it won the uh, Detroit Town Handicap Chase, didn't it? The big race at Navin um, a couple of weeks ago over fences. And then it's coming over here now. Um, and it, it's running in the hurdle race, which is interesting. It's got form over, it's run over flat, it, it's ran over hurdles as well. Um, but for me, I like the Imperial Alcaz Army, um, Fergal O'Brien, Paddy Brennan on board as well, um, spent his life over hurdles. It, it is its reappearance, it hasn't run since January, so it, it may well need the run. Um, but I like the look of that, me, for me, um, looks a good horse. Second favourite at the minute. Henry, when Roland McNally has one, you're always looking at the betting, aren't you? There's always the, the jovial texts in the in the WhatsApp group because you know what's coming with them. I mean, it's seven to two, four to one. Surely, surely you can't pull it off in a competitive betting heat like this on a Saturday. I know, it'll be just, like you said, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? The, <laughs> when he sends one over, the he tends to win by about 30 lengths a lot of the time. He, he's just on, on fire with these handicap plots, whether you like them or not. But I think it's a bit interesting that he's got Miss O'Sullivan on board, um, £5 claimer. Um, to be honest, I don't know much about Miss O'Sullivan. I can see that she hasn't had many rides. I don't think she's ever she's rode a winner recently. So in a big handicap like this, that would have to be a niggling concern for me. Uh, one I like is actually one on a bit of a bigger price, and it's, I think it's Kaluni, um, which is it's quite appropriate with Clean Rooney being in court <laughs> at the moment. But um, yeah, I think this horse could run a big, a big race at a decent price. He's always been highly thought of by connections with Ollie Murphy and JP McManus, and he really impressed me. I thought, well, um, start of October when he won well, despite not getting a clear run on a crucial stage. Uh, in behind him that day, the third was a horse called Giacomar. That went on to win a decent handicap at Aintree on his next start. So the form's there, and, and even the fourth ran well in a deep handicap. It'll be on Captain Tom Cat at Cheltenham. I think he was beating both three lengths. So form's definitely there. The ground will be ideal for him. His best form's on a soft service. He's got a lovely race and weight for a contest like this, and strong pace will definitely suit. He'll be held up, and I'm sure Aidan Coleman. I'll be itching to get a winner prior to Radna Patante next weekend for, for JP. It'll be nice to get, get one on the ball for him in a top race like this. Absolutely. And when you mentioned plots, we had one a couple of days ago at Hexham, didn't we? Bushy Park. What what did you lads make of that? Because, you know, I, I know the betters, betters forum have urged the BHA now to, to look into it. Philip Kirby owns and trained the horse. What does that sit right can, in sports? He's confirmed now, haven't he? They're investigating it, so he's confirmed. I'll come out before that. We're going to look into it. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it didn't sit right for me. I mean, what did it start the day after? It was high double figures, wasn't it? And it, it goes off like it's a six to four, seven to four favorite. Um, there was absolutely no form whatsoever previously, was there? Um, hmm. and it won. 
quite quite easy in the end, to be honest. So it's it, it, I don't know. Like like you say, it's obviously with the jam man as well. It, that that's happened before as well. And I, I think maybe the jam man, if things like that hadn't happened previously, I don't think it'd be the price it would be. I think sometimes it's, it's got, probably got the bookies running a bit scared, to be honest, mm. um, in case it happens again. But I, I don't know. It's not great, is it, for the game when you, you see things like that? It, it does kind of raise. I don't know what you think, Josh Will, but, but sorry. Go on, Hen. I, I don't know what you think, but do you reckon it's becoming more popular because of COVID and obviously connections aren't getting as much money and training fees and prize money and they're trying to get trying to win money another way. I, I don't know because it tends to be the smaller stables that hmm. that that do it. Like I know Philip Kirby's quite a big name, but if he's owning the horse and I don't know, it's just <laughs> I don't know how much it how much money it takes to move a market like that, especially through the week. I'm sure if he's putting a few thousand yeah, it down, to be, like, you want it, it'll just plummet straight away because, like Josh said, Bucky's run scared of it now when you see a big bet on an outsider. I'm not being funny. Yeah, I agree with you there. As owners, if you own to us, would you be tempted to do something like that or is your moral compass too good for that sort of plot? I, I definitely would, <laughs> to be honest. I, I mean... If you're at a top class, oh, she wouldn't. But if you you're buying one, like it only costs you a couple of grand. Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, keep the like your big racing. Every horse that runs is there to to try and win, and it's trying its best. But through the week, land a little gamble. Why not? Oh. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because nobody's friends with the bookies, but at the same time as well, you don't want to. Kind of drag your horse through the mud a little bit to you. Um, but it's funny what Henry mentioned before as well about obviously the financial aspect. It was announced today, wasn't it? Um, the horse racing in this country is getting a £40 million pound, like, bailout. So, consistent like government loans and grants and stuff. So, um, that, that should help maybe like your small circuits, maybe in your small yards and stuff now. So, that'll be interesting to see what help that does provide as well. It's a large amount of money. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff, Josh. Right, we'll go on to the feature of the weekend, which is the three o'clock haze off the Betfair Chase over three miles and one fair long. I mean, it's a superb contest, isn't it? But only five runners, which is disappointing. Uh, last year's winner, Lost in Translation, and Bristol Domey, Reapose, as well as King George winner, Clanter's Obo, uh, Keeper Hill, and Bells Hill also in the field. Josh. What would you be looking at at the race? I mean, lost in translations, five to four favours. The minutes obviously got formed the track, so it's Bristol to my book. Clanter's Opal's a classy horse in his own right. Yeah, it's, uh, we were there last year for the uh, Betfair Chase as well in typical Hazock S conditions, absolutely mud bath. Um, and it, it was quite impressive, lost in translation, because it got, it got built up, didn't it? Um, obviously, take on Bristol to May, which is a mudlark, um, and one of Andy's favourite horses. I'm sure he'd be pleased to tell us about next week. Um, and it, it, it was quite impressive how it won last year. It dug in, didn't it? It, it just got past it. And I, I can't personally see past it. I, I think it's five to four now. Um, Hazel is expecting a, like torrential rain all day tomorrow as well. And I think Saturday morning as well. So that, that's going to make the track interesting. Um, I, I honestly just can't see past it, to be honest. It, it obviously knows how to win there. It can handle the ground. Um, it finished theirs as well, didn't it? In the Gold Cup, which, which flies under the radar a little bit as well. So mm. um, it has a good run on that. So I, I, I honestly can't see past it. I can't see Bristol to make bouncing back for me. Um, it, it, it beat Bristol to make quite comfortably, I think, in the Gold Cup. That was way down the field. So yeah, for me, Lost Translation is the standout. Like you say, just a bit disappointing. It's only a five-runner race, but um, it is what it is, unfortunately. 
Henry, you've touched on Colin Tizard's horses needing a run uh, this season. He is in a little bit of form now. He's obviously racking up the winners. But would you be worried loss in translation coming into this without a run against classy sorts like Haydock Specialist, Bristol Domain and Clanza Zobo for a Paul Nichols yard that's in flying form at the minute? Yeah, it is a niggling concern. You must anyone would have to admit that no matter how much of a lost in translation fan they are but I do think he'll win this to be honest in terms of the five runners I don't think Keeper Hill or Bells Hill are good enough so then you're down to three aren't you and Clem Desabow, um every year attends the need his first out and he never seems to run a race like good enough to win a grade one and then he steps up to win the King George Boxing Day so I think it'll be something similar again where just won't probably finish third behind Lost in Translation Bristol to my before going on to run a big race on Boxing Day. In terms of Lost in Translation and Bristol to my, um, the more rain that falls, obviously it's going to suit Bristol to my. This is, this is his Gold Cup really, isn't mm. it? The best fair chase. Um, but I just love Lost in Translation as a horse and I'm happy to stick, stick with it again this year. I thought last year um, it was ridden with such confidence, weren't it? By by Robbie Power, jumped well. He did get in tight to the last two, but he still won well enough. Like a lot of horses, that them two two run them two jumps. Sorry, might have knocked the the stuff and I was a little bit, but um, I think he's still progressing. Lost in translation, where Bristol Demay might be regressing a little bit. He's, he's he's getting on a bit now, and like you said, with the Colin Tizard team coming to the boil. I think he's a worthy favourite and hopefully he can progress again this season and, and go close in the Gold Cup. It's an interesting point you make though about Bristol May because it is its Gold Cup, literally a Haydock, it loves conditions. Mm. Do you think the Twist and David Yards will have this that have this at its peak to win on Saturday? Because it's unlikely it's going to win the King George or the Gold Cup or whatever comes after that before it is. And it is quite literally his, his main target for the season. So you'd think first time out, it'll be at its pinnacle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, he, like Nigel Twiston-Davis, he, he's one of them. He, he'll never give up. He'll probably still say it's got a great chance in the Gold Cup, even if it gets beat on, on Saturday. That's just his mindset. But I think deep down, he knows this is as good a chance as he's going to get to in another grade one. It's like... We've seen the forecast, it's going to rain, 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 and the more rain, the better. He's won this race by ridiculous margins in the past, hasn't he? So, mm. um, I think Lost in Translation will stay, stay a bit closer to it this year if the ground is a bit well, it's going to be heavy. So, I don't think it'll because last year it sat a few lengths off in, in at the back and just gradually creeped into it. But I think Puppy Power might have it a, a little bit closer. They, I must, I must admit, though, Tristan Davis is another trainer that horses don't seem to be running great at the moment. I mean, I'm just looking through his form and he's had fancy horses and just the last few runners, he's had one beaten. Yeah, we'll go through his last few. He's, he's had one beaten seven lengths today, one beaten four and a half, one beaten 25 lengths, a favourite, 12 lengths, and then a favourite yesterday beating um, that, that one one. But then he's had one beaten by 60 lengths, 27 lengths and 31 lengths yesterday. And I don't know, it's just... I don't know. I know Bristol Demise probably being the forefront of his mind with the best fair chase in mind, but I think a lot of trainers and horses are coming on for the run with mm. the type of season we're having. So I'm happy to play lost in translation to 
to add another Betfair chase to his reservoir. Two shouts for the jolly then. And we'll move on to the last ITV race at Hayda Hustle. We'll have on the card that my odds boost on Betfair stay as handicap chase. Class for your fair over the extenders three miles for fair longs. Josh, we'll come to you first. Yeah, um, it, it's funny to see what's leading the uh, betting on that. The uh, Don Poley, formerly of uh, Philip Kirby as well. Uh, me and Henry were there as well when he bought that <laughs> in the ring afterwards. Oh, yeah. Remember that one, Henry? Yeah. So that, that was interesting. But um, it, it's going to be an absolute slog, isn't it? I mean, over, over three mile five, especially with the grounds as well. Um, I like the look of number eight. Um, she needs the run. Um, I think it's about round eight to one, nine to one at the moment. Um, it's... It stays all day that that forms in the book. Um, it won over three mile five at Bangor um, on its reappearance, um, and then it's, it's finished a brilliant um, third, fourth, sorry, at the Midlands National. So finished off last season with the, with the fourth at the Midlands National. Um, it, it does stay all day. It handles the grounds as well. It's carrying eleven stone five, but it's got a um, claim on Charlie Todd, who's taken five pounds off as well. So I think that will help massively. Um, on the ground as well, that's going to have. So, yeah, I like to look at that for me. Um, she needs the run. And Henry, would you, you be picking in the race? Yeah, it's quite a good betting race, to be fair. It's 13 to 2 the field, so it is a good one to get stuck into. Um, I like two towards the bottom of the weight. The first one I'll give a quick mention to is financial outcome. Yeah, Rebecca Curtis Horse and her horses have been running well over the last couple of weeks and she's got a good record here at Haydock. The horse itself, he's a bit hit and miss. He's not never been a consistent sort, but I think he is capable of running a big race off this mark, one one nine. It's interesting, he's he's gone off favourite four out of his last five runs. He's only managed a second and two thirds, but he's obviously well thought of in connections. Must be having a good bet on him now and again for him to go off favourites four out of his last five runs. He, he now comes into this race, he's double figured price. He's only carrying 10 stone 10. And I just think Daryl Jacob on board, he's the type of jockey that could just nurse him into contention. So he's certainly working each way play. The other one I like is called Al Lamar um, for the Nigel Hawk team. This horse ran well on his seasonal debut at Cheltenham where he finished third and he, he stayed on well for pressure that day suggesting a step up and trip to these extreme distances wouldn't be an issue it's also quite interesting that he's had a wind up since that run um, so hopefully that'll that'll help his breathing just to in mind with this extreme distance he, he won on heavy ground at the start of the year as well at Chepstow so you'd have to think heavy ground on this long distance won't be a problem and I love the fact he just sneaks in here off a low weight at 10 stone 9 with Nigel Ork having a great record at the track he's one of my best bets of the weekend at 12 to 1 because you'll probably get top 4 each way on the day and um, I can't see him being out the frame do the twist forecast Alice, pay something wouldn't well, it well yeah well throw Josh is <laughs> in for the tricast <laughs> Well, that's Haydock done, lads. Uh, we'll move on to Ascot as well, which is another great card, isn't it? Uh, the first race on ITV is the Chanel Farmer 1965 Chase, formerly known as the Stella Artois 1965 Chase. Josh, are you a Stella Artois man, or do you like more of a cultured lager? Absolutely not, mate. I'm not a, I'm not a lager man. I'm, a, I'm your Del Trotter type of guy. It's a, 
<laughs> for me a bit of Disarano or maybe a Pina Colada so uh, I'm, I'm glad it's changed its name to be honest leaves a sour taste in my mouth Stella Henry what about you are you a Stella man or would you be would you uh, give that a wide berth if you were off as well I mean it's not at the top of my list it's, it's probably not on my top 20 but if, if you were at a party and there was nothing else left I'd I, I drink it why not <laughs> I agree it's not the best is it but I, I am it does Absolutely, but I think it's disgusting. Anyway, there is a race which is the Chanel Farm at 1965 Chase. Grade two over two miles, five furlong. Real Steel's having his first start for the Paul Nichols Yards, formerly trained by Willie Mullins, who also got Imperial Aura's impressed with Carlisle, Itchy Feet, and Black Corton in another disappointing forerunner field, Josh. Yeah, it's it's it, it, do you know what? It, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because we've on like this mini lockdown and then. Um, we've had the international break which has gone on for, for weeks and weeks as a team and obviously we had Cheltenham last week to save us so yeah and then got the football back this weekend and the racing's kind of wouldn't say bad but a full run of fields with races like this it's a bit um, a bit disappointing but yeah for me I, I can't see past the favour personally in this to be honest Imperial Aura um, as, as you mentioned before it won Carlisle um, on its reappearance pretty impressive to be honest um, it, again it, it won uh, Cheltenham didn't it back in March as well so it's got the run under its belt I think it, it handles the conditions one on soft one on heavy so I think it'll be able to handle it um, and I, I just think it stands out for me clear as day to be honest this horse I think it's around 7-4 to 2-1 to one now um, so yeah that's that's for me Henry what have you made of these horses that have swapped from Willie Mullins to Paul Nichols? they haven't really fired yet have they? No they haven't to be fair I don't I mean Duke de Genevra was unlucky on Sunday I thought um, just got caught in it I put the kettle mm-hmm. on that that's probably one that has improved for the change but it is a big weekend for Nichols really because he's got real steel and then I'm sure we're going to touch on the next race where he, he's got another one in Lavina so he'll be open to at least get one on the board but yeah in this race I, I can only agree with Josh in terms of Imperial order. This is a horse that I, I do think quite a lot of. I think you, you will go on to be a Ryanair contender and you can get a decent price for that. I don't know if you, you can see that, Will, but um, similar to what Josh said in terms of what I've got to say, just one well at Cheltenham last year where he beat Galvin by three lengths and Galvin's gone on to win since. The front two were, were well clear that day. He went to Carlisle for the list of race for his seasonal debut. And that wasn't a bad little feel, that. And he, he just won pretty easily. He jumped like a stag, powered clear after the last one coming off, off the bridle. And I just think he can go in again in a similar type race and before going on to bigger and better things. Um, itchy feet is obviously interesting, but that'll be expected to improve again this season. It's, it, it's had a run, so uh, hopefully that can come on. Ollie Murphy's starting to come to the boil after a slow start. And then you've got Black Horton, which, yeah, interesting. But you wouldn't be surprised if any of the 4 1, but it's Imperial Order for me in this one. 16 to 1 for the minutes of the Ryanair, Henry. Is that something that would interest you? Yeah, definitely. I think that's more than fair. I can see it going off short. And with the Ryanair, a lot of the market leaders will end up going for the Champion Chase or Gold Cup a lot of the time. So I think 16 to 1 is more than fair. We've got another grade two in the next race over hurdles. It's the Coral Hurdle and another disappointing field, only three in it. No Goshen as well. Are we ever going to see the, the what should have been the Triumph Hurdle winner before? It's retired. 
<laughs> but Lorena is the, is the favourite at the minute. With oh, call me Lord, sorry, six to four favourite. Lorena fifteen to eight, and some for someone disappointing field, Henry. But will you be having a bet in this, or will you be happily sitting there and doing the hoovering while it goes on? Uh, I'll actually be having a bet on this race, to be fair, and I'll be back on the outside. A song for someone. Um, this is a horse that I've always liked. I, uh, Tom Simmons has always said it's the best horse in his yard, and it, it is a good horse. He, he jumps his hurdles fluently, and he's very slip over them. He has had 272 days off the track, but that's not really an issue for me. He runs well fresh. He, he won after a 55-day break in February 2019, and then November last year, he was off the track for over 220 days there, and he won a decent little race by over 12 lengths. So, um, that was on soft ground, and he's going to get soft ground again. I think his form's pretty consistent. I think he'll get quite a soft lead in front, and I like the booking of Nico de Boinville, and that'll do for me. Three to one, get that in a little win bet or your Saturday tricks because I don't think it should be the outsider in this race. I think the, the three of them are, are pretty evenly matched, and yeah, that'll do for me. Josh, does this sort of race get your pulse racing, or are you quite happily? Yeah, I'll quite happily overlook, overlook this one, to be honest. Uh, just in chess and what um, Henry said then about Tom Simmons as well, he's got 33% strike rate as well over the last two weeks. So obviously his, his yard's in a bit of form. Um, but yeah, it, it just doesn't get my um, juices flowing at all, to be honest with you. I mean, you can make cases probably for all three of them, but I mean, mm. look at Lorena's form um, going into this race, it's like um, I think it's like pulls up, pulls up, and then tears out to five. Mm. Um, Call me Lord as well was I know it was his reappearance as well, but was being quite comfortable ain't she last time by Somerville Boy. So um, yeah, it, for me, it's it, yeah, you're gonna go for it. You may as well go for the outsider, like Henry said, good price, got good form, and it, it probably shouldn't be the outsider in the race either. So I, I do think the money will come for Ladina on Saturday. I think that will eventually go off favourites because I listened to Harry Cobson get interviewed through the weekend. He, he just seemed to have a like a glow in his eye. He, he loved. He couldn't wait for Saturday just to ride this horse. And he's, she's obviously had a wind off, hasn't she? And she's going to get a weight allowance off the other two. So yeah, ten stone yeah, seven. I think the money will come. For Comfort her, but I just think song for someone's just solid and runs well fresh, like the ground. So hopefully, gets a soft lead and they don't get faster. I think it depends on Nichols gets on before that, doesn't it? As well, in other races, I think yeah. it's obviously the money will come in for if he has gets a couple of trebles rolling over. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's, like you said, it's a pretty poor race, isn't it? But it's probably one that it's still worth a watch because. Lorena is always an interesting horse, isn't she? And yeah. if you've got a bet on song for someone like me, why not have a have a little watch? <laughs> and a note on Goshen, obviously not running. What do we think? Do you think it's going to go to the, the fighting fifth now, or is it going to maybe be the Christmas hurdle, something like that? Just I think connections don't know what to do with with the horse. I think they're overthinking every decision with flat runs, and then they were going to run in the elite hurdle didn't go then they were going to run this weekend they're not going so I don't, I don't know what's going on but I'll just continue to play that place light on Beth for the time being for the champion hurdle <laughs> Josh are you a Goshen fan? Do you know what I was um, it, it, it's just every time you hear a horse I always think about that fall don't you 
Yeah. Um, I remember we were in the air at the local weather spoons that day, and honestly, you could hear the pin drop. Uh, my associate next to me as well. well got off <laughs> yeah, my, my associate next to me has it in the treble as well. Eh? I shan't sh- sh- name his well. name, but yeah, it left, it left a bit of taste in a few people's <laughs> mouth that day. And I think, I think as Henry said, it's like connections don't know what to do with it. Now it, it was kind of, oh my God, it, it wasn't won by a country mile if it stays open. What's it going to go to next? And I don't know, like you said, the flat runs and stuff and they just, just haven't quite made the minds up, have they? And it sounds stupid. You're already, we're only a month away from like the, the big Christmas races and then... Mm. You're resting it up then for Cheltenham, maybe. So it is interesting to see what they are going to do next because they haven't really got long to start making decisions. I reckon they might go to Christmas hurdle with it. Yeah, I, I think personally, yeah, it, it gives it a couple of months then, doesn't it, to Cheltenham? Maybe they might get a bit of a prep run in between that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be ma- it's going to be massive for it, isn't it? I think wherever it goes next, it, it, it's probably going to dictate where then it goes in Cheltenham and stuff. If it goes to Christmas hurdle, it'll probably run against Epitant, say, then. But... I don't know if any track's gonna shoot it. It'd probably be Kempton, but yeah, um, I'll be, I'll be, like I said, just play slay, play slay, play slay, and <laughs> probably won't even run. Never mind, win. Good boy, then, wouldn't it? Uh, well, going to the three fifteen is the Coddle Hurst Park handicap chased over the extended two mile trip. Magical Sates going for two victories in eight days. One at Cheltenham. Last weekend, Henry, do you think are you surprised first of all? Paul Nichols is sending this horse out so quickly, and do you think he can back up with a quick fire double? Yeah, it is a little bit surprising to be fair. It won well at Cheltenham, it's the best it's jumped, and it has disappointed at Cheltenham previously. It's went off favour for um, I think the final race at Cheltenham on the festival. It was well fancied, well beaten there. It's ran a couple of other times at Cheltenham and disappointed. So, um, it's one of them now that it's got its head in front. It might give a, a bit of confidence, but it's not for me at the prices. I, I like one of the out, outsiders again in this race. It's Drum Connor Lad. Um, I think you can get around seven to one for it. One well on Halloween, October 31st, that year, and that was on heavy ground. and I just thought it was very impressive. It won comfortably. Didn't really have to break sweat, and the handicap has only raised it five pounds. I don't think that's harsh at all. It could have went up a lot more, in my opinion, maybe nine, twelve pounds. So you're getting seven to one. Um, Kevin Brogan, the jockey, he's a name to keep an eye on for all listeners. He's he's very very good, and he's he's well worth his seven pound claim. I think. John Joe O'Neill was using him a lot, and I think a lot of other trainers will start to use him when they see his talent. Um, so yeah, that, that that's the one for me. It's not a strong selection, but it's certainly the value in the race. Josh, plenty of horses coming into this race on the back of a victory. Would you be looking to get on those who are in a little bit of form, or do you fancy something that can come bounce back here? No, do you know what? I think my one that I fancy is next to Henry's in the bet. bet um, Abby Magic for Henry's the Bromhead. Um, Brownie Frost, Frost on board, which is a good booking. Uh, off a low weight as well, 10 stone 10. Um, an interesting runner. Again, Zabrama uh, doesn't come over there, as you say, Ascot in the middle of November. Um, so he obviously quite fancies the horse. Um, so a good form over the islands, won a couple of good races as well. Um, and won a good race coming into this as well. So I, I think for me, like Henry said, it's, it's, it's a good, good race to bet on, to be honest with you. And I think it's around 6-1, to 11-2 now, Abbey Magic. But I think the standout for me as well is the jockey book and, and also the weights as well. Um, it's got four coming into the race. So, yeah, absolutely. 
that's for me, number seven, Abbey Magic. And the last race at Ascot and on ITV is the Coral Support and Prostate Cancer UK Standard Open National Hunt Flat Race. So basically the bumper will all be saying all day. And it's a competitive enough betting heat, isn't it, Josh? 13 runners in the race. Do you like betting on bumpers first of all? Because it's a bit of a niche, isn't it? You don't know what what horses are ahead of any and which ones are precarious, which ones are a prep for the run. It's, it's difficult, isn't it, to, to nail nail your calls to the mask when you're betting on the bumper? Yeah, I, I, I struggle with bumpers, I'm not going to lie, especially as well when you've got lots of unraced horses in there. And I think at times, it, it depends what yard it comes from, doesn't it? It depends on obviously where it is in the betting um, and obviously the, the previous in these races as well. But, I mean, you've got Tizard, he's got a couple in there as well. Henderson's got a couple in there. Um, I think you've got Ben Paul and has got one as well so it, it's wide open for me I, I couldn't honestly tell you that this month of time what I'll be looking at um, but it, it's yeah very interesting to, for me but I, I can't put I'd be putting a pin onto a newspaper for me this type of race to be honest long distance slogs in my uh, forte of bumpers unfortunately <laughs> I, I think I'd rather uh, someone tell me just to stick away from it there's no point giving a horse that you don't fancy is there no exactly don't to leave people on Exactly, exactly. And Henry, will you be leading anyone on here or is there something that you actually fancy and you will be getting your money down on? Yeah, to be fair, well, if, if anyone says they fancy a horse in this, if they don't work for the stable, then they, they can't really be very, very truthful, in my opinion, because they, none of them have had a run, so it's just a guessing game. Some of them appeal on pedigree. Um, can do kid, the Nichols one, heading the market, that that's had a wind off. It's tongue-tied first time out, so that that has to be a worry because it, it hasn't even seen a racetrack yet. And second favourite, Raysford, Nicky Anderson. That's being gelded already. So I think the market moves on the day will be crucial, and anything that doubles in price, I'd stay away from. And um, I'm sure you'll get a few decent priced horses now that get hammered in the morning of the race. That that no hubs, no hoobs. In the lost in translation colours, that 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 does appeal on on pedigree to me. But I'd I'd, I'd have a look in the morning, and wait and see if um, the market speaks in his favour. It's it's certainly a race not to be betting on two days in advance. Put it that way, unless you are in the know. So, yeah, um, similar to Josh, it's a no bet from me. But I'd stay away from the front two in the market. Just because the few niggling concerns early doors we'll come on to your best bet over the weekend next but is anything else catching your eye across Saturday or some Sunday Henry yeah there is one um, it's not a great price two to one in the course past one of Haydock a horse I've always liked a lot Master Tommy Tucker um, I just think it's a horse with so much natural talent just struggles with concentration it, it always seems to make one howler and if it could stop doing that it, it could make out into a great one horse in my opinion it, it reminds me of my bite last year in the Cato Star and obviously Chase similar where it, it, it had them all going at it in behind and my bite obviously fell at the last but Master Tommy Tucker fell four out <laughs> I just hope it ran in a two runner race last time out where it beat Precious Cargo by 12 lengths don't get me wrong it was two runners and but Precious Cargo is no mug and I'm, I'm hoping that wins just gave him a bit of confidence now. And I think I think two to one, you're basically getting two to one for him to stand up. And that's good enough for me. And if you can get around 50 to one for the King George before Saturday, 
there's no harm in having a very small each way bet on that because, as I say, I think he's got so much talent and he did impress me until four out last year on Boxing Day. So, um, yeah, that, that's the only one I'll give a mention to. So much talent, but laps and concentration. So it sounds like Jordan Pickford or something, that doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Josh, what about you? Anything else across the weekend that you would be bullish about? To be honest, I, I, I'll be watching it with interest, to be honest with you. I think it's very interesting, especially leading into the Christmas period now, isn't it? I think obviously horses win here and depending on where they're entered for, I think you'll see lots of movements in the markets and stuff. Um, it was funny the race Henry mentioned then though as well. Um, there's a horse in that race called Dashel Drasher, um, which which I've backed before. Um, <laughs> I think. It's what? It's one of the few bets on our group bets when you've picked it that, to be fair, hasn't it? Yeah, very close to your heart. Yeah, and I, I just like that horse to be honest with you as well. So I'll, I'll probably, you know, I'll have a little uh, personal wager there with Henry to be honest and take him on a little bit there. I mean, I do agree <laughs> with him. I do like Master Tommy Tucker to be honest with you. Um, it is a good horse, but uh, that that's actually Drashy. Yeah, I'm sure I've had it in a group bet before as well. Um, probably one of our many losing ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I just like the horse as well. It's just it's got good form. It, it's um, but the, the problem is it hasn't run. Um, nearly a year now, which I think is going to be the only, uh, um, the only concern I think at the moment. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting race I think for that. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned the same race. So I'll dash up to Russia. What will be up for grabs? Who has a personal bet? Who, who, who's the loser? What will be the forfeit? Do you reckon? Oh, it depends. To be honest with you, it's a lucky fifteen with their own money. Two seconds <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go on then. Get on, <laughs> I'll just I, give a, we'll just another one to quickly mention on Sunday. It, it, obviously, we've only got the decks deck at the moment, but um, the 12 tenant Navin, Monksfield, Novice Hurdle. Uh, my Novice Hurdle to follow that I put up a couple of couple of podcasts ago, Freak Delane, is currently in the decks, and I think it may well run. I think Elliot mentioned it as a target. Um, two mile, four furlongs, which I think is his perfect trip. Um, like like I said, it's, it's only round one since the original podcast, and it, it won a nothing race by eight lengths, just head and chest at Down Royal. So um, it looks like the competition could be a, a bit stronger on Sunday with it being a group three. There's a few other interesting runners, so if it does line up there, that's certainly one to keep an eye on, and you might you might get a, a fairly decent price if some of the others line up too. Yeah, also worth noting that Manella Indo's running later on that card, mm. so an early Gold Cup look there. The Cup right, so we'll move on to our best bets for the weekend. Josh, as the debutant, the floor is yours to stand up, wow. put your heads above the parapet and impress. <laughs> Want your nap and your next best for next best bet for listeners to make a lucky 15. So your two selections, please. The pressure here, isn't it? Especially, I can imagine there's a couple of listeners who'll be listening carefully with this and probably got them. Sorry, it'll, it'll be interesting for me. Um, I'd say Lost in Translation is probably a bit of a nap for me. I think it is sticking my head on the line a little bit there with that. I just do, I love the horse, to be honest with you. I loved watching it last year as well. It was impressive. Um, I, I do think that far to fall as well, I think we'll probably go. Um, I think on Paddy Power at the moment, far to fall, I think that'll probably go closer. 
um, to evens. The oh, what's the next bit to make a lucky 15? Let's have a look. Do you know what? I'm going to put my neck on the line, but I actually need the run as well, to be honest with you. I'm going to put that in yeah. there. Um, got to go for the long distance race because yeah, he's got to go for the long distance race. It's our baby name. So uh, if I don't get a winner on that, it's been a pleasure. Um, and enjoy the rest of your life doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Touchwoods will have a couple of winners there. And Henry, let's have yours, please. Yeah, yeah mine now will it'll be Kick Commando and the 150 a haze off. Like I said, I just think it's better than Handicap Horse and I'm hopeful it'll go in again. And um, are we going for a win, Lucky, or an each way? one, do we know? Um, what, what price? What price it's got to be winning if lost in translations, isn't it? I'll throw a song for someone in then as well in the 240, the Coddle Hurdle at Ascot. Um, the three runner race thing you can get about three to one and um that that'll do for me excellent stuff lads well you've been listening to the on the knob pods in association with that's a goal.com i'm your i've been your host will rooney joined by tips to henry gibbs and our debutant josh brazy let's hope it's a fine fine maiden <laughs> podcast for josh um best of luck <laughs> I'll disappear quickly into the wilderness. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you won't. I'm sure you'll have a couple of winners there. Well, best of luck for the weekend, and we hope that you listen again soon. Join us next time. <laughs>